Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. This week's a little bit of an unusual episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the impact of the power outages in California. Many of you might have been hearing about what's been going on here, where this is wildfire season. We're used to that, unfortunately. Seems to be increasingly happening. But one of the efforts in order to minimize the spread and the occurrence of wildfires has been the power company has turned off power for large areas within California. Over 2 million people have been impacted by this. And we had ourselves in Marin County, just north of San Francisco, we were without power for five days. Now, instead of doing my usual podcast this week, I thought it might be interesting to go down to some of the charging stations where people were gathering to uh, load up their batteries, charge their phones and whatnot, and just have some conversations with the local people to sort of get a sense of how not having access to technology or not having power was really impacting their lives. Now, for me, I just want to give you sort of a quick, you know, I, of course, things, refrigerator and things like that aside, I found there were some really magical moments during this power outage. Now, you know, granted, we only had five days, you know, add another day, things might not have been so charming. But you know, five days, kids had no school because the schools were shut down. We actually had no cell service because the cell towers did not apparently do not have backup power, which I think that was one of the biggest challenges for us because if something were to go on, we would not get any kind of notification. And if we had an emergency ourselves, there was no way to get 911 service. So that part was a bit disconcerting. But when you really think about just the essentials, the beautiful thing about this event was it felt like it really brought the community together. Even on a small scale, I had a wonderful experience of spending the evening with my daughter, who's 16, and a group of her friends. They were not distracted by their phones because the phones weren't working. And we were able to sit down by candlelight and play a game of Four Ring Circus, which is sort of an expanded version of charades. For a lovely evening, we, you know, we cooked from the gas stove and just had a lovely evening together. And I just feel like that was such a gift, trying to look at the positive side of the experience. And I think what I've discovered from talking to others is that they've had similar experiences. And even just going down to the charging stations, the town hall and two of the markets were able to keep power on generators. And they basically, people were showing up with their power strips. By the fourth day, people really had systems down. They knew what plugs to bring and what were the essentials that needed to be charged. I think this was a good exercise for us to understand what we really need. I even ordered a backup battery that is solar powered because we are fortunate to be in California where sun is definitely not on a shortage. So little things like that, emergency preparedness, having your go kit ready. So knowing 
what to do, what to have, what is really, really essential if a fire was to come, and just the basics to know what to do when you do have power outage. So the first people that I had a chance to interview, and unfortunately the interview cut out, but I caught the very end of it, was this couple that had gone into the city because San Francisco still had power and they loaded up the back of their car with bags of ice and brought it back to our town and, and basically sat by the market and said, free ice, take it, you know, and, uh, and it was just a beautiful thing to see people reaching out and helping out. And I sat and chatted with them for a little bit. And I caught sort of the tail end, unfortunately, it was the only part that got on the recording. But in a way, that was sort of one of the beautiful pieces, because it was sort of that after reflection. Some of us have that after reflection that sometimes is a little more poignant, and less sort of, you know, I'm supposed to answer it this way. And uh, this gentleman was really wanted to make sure that people had a chance to recognize the community aspect of people really reaching out and helping out. And the second interview is with a, a lovely lady that I met. I moved over to Town Hall because it was a little quieter. We could do the interviews in there. And her husband, you know, he required extra assistance with battery power and whatnot. So it was, it was great to see that people were helping out there. And also some of the challenges that when you, you know, you require power for medical devices and things. And then the third was a young gentleman who owns a construction company, and he happened to have a generator. And so he was reaching out to his neighbors and making sure that they were charged up and had, you know, ice and power and whatnot. So I hope you enjoy today's show. There's all just a bunch of little, a little montage of, of uh, interviews and just uh, enjoy and hope you all stay safe out there. Uh, make sure you uh, have your go kits ready if you are in this area or if you are in a vulnerable area. And if not, enjoy the fact that you have that power and appreciate it. But don't forget that there are some lessons learned and maybe you can uh, reach out to your community. Don't wait until the power goes off. So enjoy. So here we are at City Hall, another nice little hot spot as well as charging station and during this wonderful power out. And I'm talking to Lorraine Haichu, who is sitting here as well. And we're just we're talking about the power situation. We still got power out. So how's that impacting you? Well, the ice melts, no heat. My husband's in a wheelchair, so the bed doesn't go up and down that he needs. So I haven't set it a particular space where he can use it. Neither of us can drive, so we can't drive to charge, get out of here or charge things. So it's different. But many years ago when I lived in the hills in Mill Valley, the power went out regularly in the winter. And sometimes it would go out for four days. This was before cell phones, so it wasn't such a panic as it is now. Yeah, I mean, it really changes the whole dynamic, and everybody's rushing down to charge their phones, but most of them don't have connection anyway. Is that impacting you, and how does that, I mean, in the situation where you're in, without driving, you're probably reliant on maybe drive companies that come pick you up? or Yeah, drive companies a whistle stop and we have caregivers and I didn't know if our caregiver could get here because they said 80 was closed and stuff. So, so I had to go over to Whole Foods, which had Wi-Fi, so I could make calls and email people early this morning. Does that, I mean, you were talked a little bit before about how 
living in Mill Valley, this used to happen before. And so people weren't, you know, it was not necessarily welcome, but it wasn't as much of a sort of traumatic experience. Is there part of it that makes you feel like, well, this is kind of, at least we're going back a little bit to where people are connecting. There's a human connection again. That's true. Yeah. I walked around the neighborhood yesterday and I talked to a couple neighbors and which I probably wouldn't have done. And so that's kind of nice. I was actually really pleased when I came downtown and I saw a big cluster of people out in front of the market, and they were all talking. Right. How often do we see that? Not often enough. Yeah. Not unless they know each other well, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of bump into each other. So as this continues to go on, obviously there's some things for you on the health side that could be challenging, but are there other things that you feel like maybe there's opportunities for us to learn from this experience? Well, I think a lot of people can learn that they can do without television, they can do without cell phones. There's a lot of things you can do without and then do other things around the house or some you know, if you can drive, people go away. I went to San Francisco out out in Geary to go to a dim sum place and the line was out the door filled with people from Marin. Yeah. Yeah, no, I went over for coffee this morning, had a very similar experience. But the fun thing was that actually, again, we were all talking with each other as neighbors and saying, so what are you experiencing? Do you have any updates? And it felt like we were a much tighter knit community just because of that. Yes. And, And I also think having the power out makes people more aware of what they really need to do to be prepared. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on on the other side of things, when you're not in a power outage, do you feel, because as I mentioned, this podcast is really about the human relationship with technology and how it's changing the way we work and live. Are there things that you feel like have been the biggest impact in your life because of technology? Well, uh, I guess it's easier to get in touch with people with technology, but I do think that... Uh, you see people on their phones all the time instead of conversing. And I see that with young people a lot. Yeah. yeah and yet they are conversing, but in a different way. I in a guess. different way. Yeah, absolutely. In a different way. So. Well, I, I've been in technology most of my life. I had a computer science degree, one of the first ones. So technology is fine with me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're one of the ones that's comfortable with it. I think uh, it's sort of our responsibility as as those that are comfortable with it to help others feel the opportunities that are there rather than the fear. Right. So so, uh, anyway, thank you for being part of that and and for being a pioneer in that space as well. And just to to close, I think one of the things that I have been so pleased by is sort of seeing people in this power outage, really reaching out and helping others. Is there something that you've experienced during this outage where you've either observed someone else doing it or experienced yourself personally during this outage? Um, Just telling neighbors when I see them that that where they can go to get charged and things like that. that uh, And I've had neighbors that stop by to make sure that I'm okay or texted or called to see if we're okay. Yeah. So... So that's good. Well, let's hope we can all learn something from this and continue that kind of behavior because I think that it's a really dynamic, wonderful community here. And I think if we can be more connected, maybe uh, it won't be as traumatic when these kinds of things happen. Right. I know we can all be here to support each other. But it's nice to see them. People are circling back and checking in on you. Thank you for sharing your your thoughts and your time. And good luck and getting the power back. Thanks.
So here we are with our next lovely victim. This is Wes Poole. He has a construction company, and he is at Town Hall, where I'm sitting here charging my iPad like many others who are trying to get a little bit of power. Now, Wes is actually one of the lucky ones. He has a generator. It sounds like quite a nice one because he's got a lot of happy neighbors. Can you tell us a little bit about how power and lack of power impacts you? Lack of power. I mean, really, the only reason I have the generator set up is just to keep the fridge cool, although it is power in the whole house. But uh, I grew up camping, a lot of camping, so it doesn't bother me at all. I actually prefer to be out in the wilderness, but can't make any money out there. So, yeah, the lack of power isn't a big deal, but I have some elderly neighbors that um, I am helping out with, with power so they don't have to walk around at night with not being able to see. But otherwise, it's just uh, using, using what I have to make things work. Well, and you're one of those classic examples. I've met almost every single person I've interviewed has done some kind of thing that's sort of on the Good Samaritan side. And that's something that's actually pretty cool about power outages. It seems like it brings out the best in the neighbors. Or is that something that you do all the time anyway? Yeah, I'm not big on technology. Sure, I use it all the time just for business. But my children, they won't have cell phones till they're at least 16 driving around. No TV during the week, those kind of things. The technology is not my thing. And yeah, I'm much more family-oriented, neighbor-oriented, you know, the elderly neighbors behind me help them out whenever I can, although they're billionaires, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're still elderly. They, yeah, you they're know, still elderly and they need No matter help. how much money you have, you still have needs, right? Exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm not my head in the phone texting all the time. I text when necessary, call when necessary, but you won't see me every week. I'll get the your screen time, and somehow it goes down every week. I don't know how. Eventually it's going to be at zero, but, uh, yeah, I'm not on technology very much. Good for you. That's awesome. You know, ultimately it's not necessarily about how much. It's about being conscious about how much you're using. And one thing I'm curious, though, I mean, because working in construction, and particularly in this area, you probably have a lot of clients that work in the technology sector and probably even do a lot of remote work. Has that changed the way that you do construction or the way that you think about integrating it in? And how has that impacted what you do in your work? Just the fact that most of the people are very tech savvy and, as you said, work remotely from home. A lot of that doesn't have a lot to do with what I do. I do mainly underground construction. But, yeah, we do supply power. We supply Internet, all those kind of things. And I'm always thinking ahead, like, you might not have an electric car now, but hey, we're putting these pipes in the ground from the power pole. If you do get an electric car, you might want, you're going to have to have an extra pipe to run more power. So, I mean, those kind of things I do, I do look at, but it's really not a big impact to me. What about, you know, my husband and I were even talking about this recently. We rent, so we don't have the ability to put a generator on the full house, but if you're living in an area like this that is prone to earthquakes and fires and you know and whatnot, do you find that people are more more and more asking for generator hookups in their homes, or is that something <clears throat> they're thinking about? You don't lose power here much. I, I'm in Tiburon. I'm not. I'm not totally sure about Mill Valley, but we don't lose power much more than a day every couple of years. So I think now that this whole PG&E thing might be happening more. I think we're going to see a lot more of that, but I have installed a couple of natural gas backup generators to some of the clients, but it had nothing to do with this. It's just to make sure they always had power because they always want power. Mm-hmm. So. But there's not more demand for being off grid or not yet. Not yet. The only, the only thing is, is that everyone's starting to put solar in, but that's 
because they're required to mm-hmm. by building local building codes. Me personally, I'm looking at actually moving out of the area and going completely off grid, mm-hmm. solar, geothermal heating, all of that. My so, husband wants to do that too. Yeah. He's like going off grid. It's the only way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not reliant. I think it's fascinating. Anyway, really appreciate your input and hope uh, everybody gets their power back soon. But uh, appreciate you being one of the good Samaritans and helping <laughs> people out there that don't necessarily have their generators. So take care and thank you for joining. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's show, and I want to just do a shout out and thank you to some of the providers of the technology that made our life a little bit easier. We used our Anchor backup batteries, as well as our iHomes Energy little battery-powered speaker and light systems that uh, made things a little bit easier for all of us around here. So I want to thank you, Anchor and Zenergy, for doing such a great job creating products that make it easier for us whether we have power or not. Thank you so much for joining us today, Digital Selfers. I hope you've learned a little bit about the power of community and the power of lack of power. And if you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to uh, subscribe, share the show, and check out some of the other episodes that you might enjoy. Until next time, bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.